Welcome to the City Collective Church Podcast. We believe we are better together and exist to create space for everyone to discover life in Jesus. We hope that in today's message, you encounter the heart of God and are challenged and inspired in your relationship with Christ. Good morning, City Collective. If this is your first time tuning in with us, my name is Jason. I have the privilege of being the lead pastor here at City Collective, and it's already been a great time of of worship and of prayer this morning. Uh, Becca and Gabby are just two of the best people that call City Collective home, and uh, I hope that you felt encouraged this morning and got a couple laughs in there as well. Well, we are in the—well, we're actually coming to the very end— of a series that we're calling Spirit Lead Me. We're talking about the Holy Spirit in this Easter tide season coming out of uh, a brilliant Good Friday, Resurrection Sunday, where we can look forward to what God has in store for us and also look forward to the gift that he's given us in the Holy Spirit. We've talked about a variety of different things about the person of the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit and and what that means for our story here today. And I've been so encouraged by all the different stories that have been coming out of even this series about people discovering what God has for them, about how that has started to to shift their mindset about what they're doing in the here and now. So my my encouragement to you this morning, as as we lean in, as as we listen, as we dive into the word that you would open your hearts that you would open your minds to consider what if what if i was to invite the holy spirit to do exactly as the series is called to lead you to to be more than just a nice idea to be something that is actually at the core of our very being to to be in intimate relationship that that is the desire of god with every single one of us whether whether you feel like you are far from god or you are feeling like you are right up and you're near to god know that god is in pursuit of us god wants to be near to us and we are gifted with the opportunity to to say yes to that invitation so uh we are getting an opportunity to come to you live from Horizon Church. We've been blessed to have a relationship with them and to be able to do this, to have a space where we can set up and come to you live is a gift. And so uh, I would encourage you in the comments, shoot up a hand, let us know where you're watching from. Uh, I know that we've got people watching from uh, different places in Canada, different places in the lower mainland. We're one church in many places and we're just gifted to be able to be able to do this this morning. Now, Uh, Before I read the scripture that we're going to be diving into, we're going to be talking about the gifts of the the Spirit this morning. And I I don't know if that sounds like a foreign concept to you or if you feel like you've heard about a couple different things or maybe your experience with the Holy Spirit has been a little bit odd or a little weird and you're like, I'm going to tune out already. Let me promise you that uh, there is no greater gift giver than the Savior of, of the universe and the creator of the universe. He knows you to the very depths of your being, every hair on your head. Uh, there are people in my life, people in your life, no doubt, that give great gifts. And then there are people who don't give such great gifts. <laughs> Maybe people that they, uh, they, they kind of come up with an idea that's more based around something they think that's funny, not something that's maybe useful, maybe not something that, that you like. Let me promise you this, that the gift that God has given to you is both something that you need, so something that is going to be part of everything that you do, and something that's going to equip you for the life that he desires for you to have. So we're going to be diving into 1 Corinthians chapter 12, looking at verses 4 through 11. We're going to look at a couple other 
scriptures as well this morning. But let me pro- provide a little bit of context around the the letter that Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. Paul, he visited Corinth and he founded the church, what historians believe, between 49 and 51 AD after the death of Jesus. And he stayed for about a year and a half. And, and this is a longer period of time than he'd spent in a lot of other cities. And this is because of the significance of the city itself. Uh, Corinth was in a really strategic location. It was, it was strategic for the spreading of the kingdom of God and the message that was upon uh, Paul's heart. And it was prosperous because it was a trade route by land and by sea from Italy to Asia. Uh, and so many people passed through it. It, it had been a, a strong Greek city-state, but it was destroyed 146 B.C., and then in 44 B.C., Julius Caesar, he rebuilt it, and then people started to come to it, seeing the opportunity and the possibility, and so you see people coming from all over, people who are of Roman citizenship, wealthy merchants. It was a melting pot of, of Greek culture, of, of slaves. The religious culture was, was including everything from pagan temples to Judaism, and there was a wide variety within this city, and the church in Corinth was just coming to know what does it mean to follow Jesus? And it was bringing all these different ideas and thoughts and examples to, to this singular place. And Paul is telling them the gifts of the Holy Spirit so that they might understand that the uniqueness around them, the, the uniqueness within them is actually more than just a coincidence, but it's part of the grand plan that God has for his body, for his church. So we're going to read this, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 11. You can follow along with me. And it says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. But there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit in the utterance of wisdom. And to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each individually as he wills. If you were to read the first portion of the letter of uh, 1 uh, Corinthians, you would see that there is a very vertical focus that Paul has. And here in chapter 12, there's a little bit more of a horizontal focus. That, that Paul is saying that that which we discover in our relationship impacts the relationships around us. Our relationship with God impacts the relationships around us. And I know this to be true in my own life. And as, I, as, as we began this journey of being City Collective, of of becoming a church, one of the things that I have loved about just having a relationship with Jesus is the communities that I get to be a part of, the community that I get to be, be in. And this is the case for us as City Collective, but I think this is truth for us as a whole when we consider what it means to be a church. And it's this truth, that you don't find many places in the world, many places in society, where you have people of all ages, all backgrounds, all, all different, sometimes, belief systems that are coming together in this church environment, and they're coming to know who Jesus is. They're coming to discover truth and grace. And there's a beauty when you see all of these different 
demographics and socioeconomic status and, and all these different types of people coming together in this one place. But you also know this, that when you have people from different places and backgrounds and states come together, it can be a little messy. And it can be a little overwhelming. But this is what I've also seen for us is that you need to have a little bit of that mess because if you don't have differences of, of background, of opinion, you become a little homogeneous, you become one flavor, and that's not the kingdom of God. Uh, there is a society that we're in right now where everyone loves to do a personality test. I love a little personality test every once in a while, a little Myers-Briggs. I know our, a lot of our community does the Enneagram, or we've got uh, Strength Finders, or you've got the DISC test, and we've got all these different personality tests because we know that we are uniquely made. We know that we're unique in the, some of the different ways we go about things, and when we can discover our, our intricacies and the ways that we think and the ways that we act and the ways that we operate— we're actually better equipped to move forward in our everyday lives. We get language to the way we approach things. We have an understanding of how we're, we're feeling energized or, or, or beaten up. And so this is the, one of the things that we love about being different is we have an understanding of our personalities. And how much more so is this also the case that we need to be discovering this in the kingdom of God? Yes, if you believe that Jesus is the Savior of the universe, if you believe that he died and that he rose again, you are called loved, you are called chosen, you are, you are invited into his family, you are a part of something that is beyond that you can eat, anything you can ever imagine. But also know this, that you are not exactly the same as everyone else because you are uniquely made in the image of God and the gifts that he has placed inside of you, they need to be identified. Just like a good personality test tells you why you get a little energized and why you're maybe not able to be as excited in certain situations. Same thing when you have an understanding of the gift that the Holy Spirit has placed inside of you. If I know the gift that is inside of me, I can begin to operate in that. I can begin to strengthen in that and grow in that, putting myself in situations that I can actually use that gift. Because I, sometimes I think that we consider the gifts of the Holy Spirit as a nice thing that we're going to put under our Christmas tree that we're just going to keep up year-round and it's going to sit there and it's going to look nice. I'm going to be like, I got a gift. But have you ever given a gift to a three-year-old on their birthday? They see that gift, they look at that gift, and they want to open that gift. I think for us church at City Collective, we need to be like a three-year-old with the hunger to open our gifts. A gift is no good if it's just sitting there wrapped and looking good. A gift is all about what's inside of it. you got to open it. you got to use it. you got to be excited about it. And so when we can start to identify the gifts that are within our, our church family, the gifts that are within you as a follower of Jesus, then you can begin to place yourself in situations to be used, by, used for the good of the kingdom, to be used by God to move things forward. So this morning, what, it's gonna be, what we're going to be doing is kind of diving through a, a, a long list of different spiritual gifts. Often when we think of spiritual gifts, I think it can be isolated to, to these gifts of manifestation, the, the kind of the ones that are outlined at the beginning of 1 Corinthians, the, the, cha uh, 
verse that we read together, where it's talking about tongues, and it's talking about prophecy, and it's talking about these somewhat dramatic expressions of the Holy Spirit. And yes, we believe that the Holy Spirit works and is, at, is on the move in the world today in these powerful, meaningful, important ways. We believe that healing is real. We believe that prophecy is real. We believe that those things are true, not because of anything we do, but because of who God is and who Jesus is and what the Holy Spirit is actively doing in our world. But also, there are scriptures in the New Testament that outline these beautiful sets of gifts of the Spirit that are ones that we often neglect or we demote as as lower than or lesser than that I want to just encourage you with this morning that you might be able to identify. And when you can identify them, oh man, I'm excited for what it's going to mean for us as we move forward as a church. So, uh, This is a little bit of like a a personality test for the spiritual gifts that we're going to be able to do this morning. Uh, And when you can understand them, I think that that's powerful. If I didn't know that I was going to be different than my wife, there would be a little bit of a conflict more often than not about why we are treating a situation the way that we are. But we need to understand the different ways that we go about things. So there's a couple things I want you to have as a foundation before we jump into the gifts. First of all, I, I want you to understand that they have been gifts that have been given to you for equipping you for the work set before you. That they are given for a purpose. There's a gift for a purpose. The second thing is that the gifts are for the glory of God and not for the glory of self. I think too often we see some of these manifestation gifts, some of these dramatic gifts, and they get used on a platform, they get used in the ministry, and we too often honor the gift instead of honoring the giver. The gifts are for the glory of God and not for the glory of self. And then finally, the, the gifts are, are meant, not meant to function in isolation, but they need one another. A gift in the midst of community is going to move us forward into the kingdom of God that is desiring to be built. So, uh, you, one of the statements, I I was thinking about this week, one of the statements that I feel gets thrown around in Christian circles that I think is just so wrong is God will never give you anything more than you can handle. This is absolutely not true, and this is not even in context of what it says in the scripture. It's talking about something completely different. In, in reality, you're going to face things in your life that are more than you can handle. Heartache, brokenness, loss. These are more than you can handle. But the promise is this, is that you will never receive anything more than God can handle. And that's why he's in your story. He's in the fight with you. He's intimately at work in your life. He's equipping you, and he's the one that provides you the strength to be sustained in every situation. So the Spirit of God is within us to empower, to equip, and enable us. And it's called the gift for a reason because it comes from a good God. Frank Viola, he says this. He says, Jesus seeks to make his life visible through a many-membered being. The body of Christ exists to express God in the earth. So City Collective, hear me. We are parts of the body, and God has gifted us to play a specific role. Gifts are, are gifts of grace, not of works. They're not a sign of maturity. They're of equal value. They all play some vital function. They're to be used for others, and they should be valued and sought after. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. 
So with these parameters and ideas in mind, I want to look through these gifts outlined by Paul. And we're going to look at three different areas. And we're going to hear lots of different ideas, and we're going to be diving through them probably pretty quickly. But I just want to encourage you. I want you to take some of these ideas, see which ones kind of catch your attention, and then start to reflect and dig in on them and consider what, does it, what could that look like for your own story. So the first section that we're going to look at is in Romans chapter 12, verses 6 to 8. And they're called the motivation gifts. Romans chapter 12, verses 6 to 8. And it says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. These motivation gifts, these serving gifts, they're giving us a passion to serve out of. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I think about the Holy Spirit, I don't think about serving. I don't think about teaching. I don't think about something as simple as encouraging or leading. But I guarantee you have come across people in your life where you're like, man, they know how to encourage. They, they, they know how to lead. They know how to serve. That there is something more than simply a good intention or a talented individual right there. I, I'm almost attracted to serve or to lead or to give or, or to be a part of it in a greater way simply because of the way that that gift is operating through them. The, so prophecy, serving, teaching, encouragement, giving, leadership, mercy, all these different gifts are ones that are spiritual gifts given by God to further the kingdom of God in this world and to demonstrate his love in a powerful way. So, for example, when I think about the, the spiritual gift of generosity, of giving, I think of my mom. If you have ever been around my mom, my mom cannot help herself from wanting to, to give and not just give of the things that mom is comfortable with, not just give of, of maybe some time or a little bit of energy, but giving financially, giving sacrificially. There is a, a spiritual gift that actually is about furthering the kingdom of God. That There is a definition that it, it leads into. When you're talking about giving, it's about sharing abundance. And it's meeting a need that's material. And it keeps us resourced as the church for the greater mission all around us. Every single one of these gifts has a definition, it has a, needs, a need that it meets, and then an impact. Prophecy, it declares the will of God, it meets a spiritual need, and it keeps us centered on what God wants. Serving, it, it meets a practical need in love, and it it keeps the work of ministry moving forward. I know someone that I believe actually functions in this spiritual gift of serving. And it's someone who's a part of the, all these services every Sunday. And it's our man Micah. I, I don't think it's just a good heart that he has. I genuinely think it is the spiritual gift of serving that is upon his life. That he cares deeply about doing things well. About making things work well. Making 
everybody feel prepared and ready so that when we move into something, it, we're able to have the ministry move forward for the greater good, for the kingdom of God to be set in this world. I think about the, even the idea of teaching. And we're not talking about a teaching specifically from a platform. Have you ever been around someone you're like, ah, every time I'm around them, I feel like I learn something. I feel like I get a little better. I get a little closer to something that I want to be moving forward in. I think of someone like Derek. He's a teacher in real life, but anytime he was leading for us at City Collective, anytime he was in an environment for us, man, he was teaching. He was inviting people to discover. And these are spiritual gifts. And I'm trying to outline these for you because I think we take the, the sometimes the monotonous and we degrade them as something lesser than. But God has placed some of these gifts inside of you. And when you start to see it as a gift, you use it as a gift. You value it as a gift. And you begin to give that gift to the people around you because it's not just something that you do that's kind of good, but it's something that's been given to you from a good God. We need to identify our gifts. Even something like mercy, it's, it's a personal and emotional care, and it meets an emotional need, and it keeps us centered on love. I don't think I function in that spiritual gift of mercy, but I am grateful that there are people who function in that gift, that their heart breaks for situations like the one we hear in India right now. I don't know about you, but hearing those statistics, hearing those numbers, seeing the pictures that are coming out, it is heartbreaking. But then I see people around me that are starting to advance uh, action, and they're, they're inviting, and I get expired inspired to do something because I see the ways that they're wanting to see people respond, not just a nice thought, but in real action. That's mercy at work. There's real power in that spiritual gift. The next, the next category is in Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to read verses 11 to 12 together. And it says, so Christ himself gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So these are our ministry gifts. These are calling gifts. These are equipping gifts. And we're talking about uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, that they're people who are being called directly into ministry. And so these are different gifts that you might have seen around you, might have seen the way that they function. I know for myself, a big part of my journey was identifying a spiritual gift of apostleship. But I can tell you right now that I don't believe that I function in all the gifts, but the apostleship gift was one that was so present in my own story. The ability to, to see the opportunity of building the kingdom in a new space, to meet the demands of today, to be able to extension and expansion of starting newness. This is not just a good idea or a skill set or a talent. Uh, th this is the actual spiritual gift of God at work in my life. And I'm coming from a church community back in Calgary when I, where I can say for sure that Pastor Anthony at Calgary Life Church, he is an evangelist. He functions in that gift. When you hear him preach, you see people come to know Jesus. He's walking down the street. He's telling people about Jesus. He's going overseas. He's telling people about Jesus. And it's just a gift that functions in him. It's a passion that goes within him, and it sparks something in the people around him. Have you ever been around somebody in the way that they act sparks something that you you didn't even know was inside of you. Because this is what the Holy Spirit does. It doesn't just end with you. 
And if you're thinking to yourself that, man, my gift might not actually be all that value, my, my gift isn't actually all that important, know this, we need your gift. The church, the kingdom of God needs your gift. You are a valuable, necessary part of the body. Whether it is a prophet, whether it is someone functioning in generosity or serving or teaching, Every gift needs the other. Every gift flows and feeds into one another. An apostle might be great at starting something. An evangelist, though, expands it. And, and a teacher, it, it, it grows it. And, and a pastor, it cares for it. We need all of the elements of the body working together for the goodness of God and to see people come to know who Jesus is. We need you. So I would want you to ask yourself some of these questions. There's, there's like a core question at, in, in the center of each of these five within the uh, book of Ephesians. So the apostolic gift, it asks the question, and I want you to ask this of yourself. Is this a conviction that you have? Apostolic asks, are we leading the people of God to their destiny? The prophetic gifts ask, are the people of God hearing his voice and responding? The evangelistic gift asks, are new people entering into the kingdom of God? The pastoral gift asks, are the people of God receiving nurture and care? And then the teaching gift asks, are the people of God immersing themselves in scripture and obeying it? So I want you to ask, did one of those questions really resonate with you? Did they spark something in you? Are new people entering into the kingdom of God? Is that a conviction that you were carrying on a daily basis? Are people immersing themselves in scripture and obeying it? Is that something that you feel deep within you? Ask yourself this question. Begin to search. And if there is one that really stuck out to you, start to ask God this week, Father, what would it look like if my life was to actually opening up, was actually opening up this gift that could be inside of me? Would you reveal it to me? Would you show me how I can place myself in positions to start functioning in this gift? Because I think sometimes we don't even know we have a gift because we don't put ourselves in position to actually discover the gift that has been placed inside of us. So I would just encourage you, consider some of those questions as we, as we move forward into our week. The, the third area, the third category of gifts that I want to look at, we're going to jump back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, looking at verses 4 through 11, and they're manifestation gifts, and they give us a passion for the power and presence of God. They're, they're gifts of revelation, like wisdom and knowledge and discernment. They're gifts of power, like faith and miracles and healing, and gifts of speech, like tongues, interpretation, and prophecy. So we're going to spend a little bit of time here because I think it's important to distinguish a little bit between each of these, because when I think of of wisdom and knowledge and discernment, sometimes it can be difficult to differentiate between each of them. But I want you to think of it like this. Knowledge is the ability for God to give you insight, uh, to accumulate information, to accumulate data, to accumulate the, the, the knowledge, the, the actual tactile understanding of, of what is taking place around you. Wisdom is the application of that knowledge. So wisdom 
uh, someone who's functioning in the gift of knowledge needs someone who's functioning in the gift of wisdom and discernment is understanding how to take the situation around you and discerning how God is actually speaking. Maybe it's through a person. Maybe it's through, uh, through a moment of, of change or shifting around you. And these can also function in words of knowledge. God can give you a word of knowledge for someone else. But in all of these, these manifestation gifts, let me just emphasize this we need to be in a place of accountability with one another in community so often manifestation gifts that are operating in complete isolation are more dangerous than helpful in our community because we are broken people that are not being held in accountability to the other gifts that are meant to function alongside it but when we do so we're going to be able to take the knowledge work it with wisdom work it with discernment and move things forward uh the, the next three of faith, of miracles, and healing, I know this without a doubt, that when I, when I have people around me that are functioning in the, the spiritual gift of faith, uh, I can find it a little annoying sometimes, if I'm being honest. That th- this is like a real situation that's taking place, and they're just right there, and they're like, yes, God is going to provide. Yes, I just know that God is going to do an amazing thing. And I'm like, I don't see that taking place around you, and I don't see that taking place within me. So how are we supposed to actually get there? I don't know what we're doing right now. And they're like, you just got to believe. I have faith. And I'm like, I don't have faith right now, but I need the faith that you're bringing in this situation. Sometimes I think that's, that's a gift that my dad, he operates in. There are situations that arise with our family or with our church around us and I just hear my dad just constantly speaking belief and faith over and over. I'm like, don't you see the situation that's taking place? And dad's like, but I believe that God will provide. That's more than just stubbornness. That's more than just just understanding. That is a spiritual gift of faith that is in operation and we need that to take place. And the third area within these manifestation gifts of speech, talking about tongues and interpretation and prophecy. If you've never spent any time in the church, this is just going to be a weird thing right away that you're just not really sure what we're talking about. And if you have spent some time in the church and you've heard people talk about tongues, they kind of fall into two really wide categories. You go to these like hyper-charismatic uh, side of things where if you don't if you're not speaking in tongues then you're not really saved and then you go to the other side of things and it, you, you don't actually believe in the operation of those power gifts that uh, it's more cessationist that it doesn't actually function at all and so the reality is is that the way that the bible talks about tongues is it can be a spiritual language one that we are operating with to uh, to be able to communicate and god provides it but it also qualifies it by wanting us to do it in a public space when we do it in a public space to have someone who can interpret and provide some understanding to it it can be a stumbling block otherwise is what paul talks about so that we need to actually uh, have some accountability within this moment of of tongues these mutterings that we don't fully understand the other side of tongues though is actually acquiring real language there are stories of missionaries going to places around the world and they go into a new place and they've never spoken the language before and God gives them the language of that local area and it's for the furthering of the kingdom and I hope that you hear that in every single one of these spiritual gifts that we're outlining is that it is not for the furthering of man or for of me or of, of you it is for the, for the furthering of God for the furthering of his kingdom it's for the people to know that they are loved 
loved, they are seen, and that they can come to know who Jesus is and have their life transformed by his grace. It is a gift of grace for them to know his grace. And so that is the same with tongues and, and, and interpretation and prophecy. They all function in these same ways. We're, we're, we're called as followers of Jesus to, to discipleship and to mission and to, to step into that without the same power that Jesus operated out of is to walk into a place of burnout and fatigue and stress. But Jesus gave us that authority, that power, the gifts that we need to move forward in discipleship and mission as we are called to be as followers of Jesus. 2 Timothy verses 1 Chapter 1, verses 6 to 7 says, For this reason I remind you to fan into the flame, fan to fl- into flame the gift of God, which is in you. For God gave us for what God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-control. It's an invitation to believe, it's an invitation to receive, and it's an invitation to go forward in confidence. I know this is a lot of information, I know it's a lot of different ideas, but I hope this morning that it, there was one or two that maybe caught your attention. And that then this week, would you consider, would you reflect? Because my heart for us as a church is that we would be a church marked by so many different things, but one of them in particular is a people that are Holy Spirit dependent, a people that are listening to the voice of God, a people that are taking the gifts that God has placed on the inside of us and not just keeping them to ourselves, but are being used in a mighty way in our workplaces, in our families, in our churches, in our, in our communities. We are called to be more than just what we see right now because of the gift of a God who sees beyond what we can even do right here, right now. We're looking to give glory to the giver, not to the gift. And if we can discover our gifts and turn our attention to the giver, there's a powerful potential for our community to move forward in a mighty way to see a transformation for the kingdom of God across the lower mainland and beyond. So this morning, would you, would you just lean in with me and, and just pray? And as I pray, would you consider what would, these, what would a gift look like in your life if you were to actually acknowledge it as such and begin to operate in it? Consider some of those ones that we outlined. Look at those different scriptures. And uh, I know that this is a powerful opportunity for us as the church. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, we're grateful that right here, right now, you are ministering to hearts across the lower mainland and beyond who are, who are considering what it would be to be a person who is led by the Holy Spirit. So we, we say, come Holy Spirit, fill us, empower us, so that we can bring Jesus' dream for our city to life. I just pray right now for uh, a revealing of gifts that you have placed on the inside. I I speak against any of the lies of the enemy that would say that we are inadequate or unable to be given a gift. That somehow you are the aberration and just because of the mistakes that you've made or the way that you have operated or the place that you are in, that somehow God has rescinded the gift, that he's giving the gift to you. No, that that is a lie from the enemy. You are gifted, you are called, you are chosen, and he is just inviting you this 
this morning and this week just to discover what could that gift look like to capture it, to grab hold of it, and to use it for the betterment of our community and beyond. So we believe right now that you're going to start to shape the hearts of everyone that is listening and draw us closer to you. Even in this next moment of worship, I just pray that our hearts are drawn to know you, that there's peace that overwhelms us. We give you the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope it challenged, encouraged, and inspired you in your walk with our Lord Jesus Christ. To keep up with City Collective, make sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook at City Collective Church. Have a great week.